2: What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Packaday podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. It is the day that we have all been waiting for. It is officially finally Sean Clifford Deep Dive Day, and I have deprived you long enough. I know it's something that you've been dying to listen to and dying to watch, so let's not wait a second longer. Let's jump right into Sean Clifford. Let's start with the basics first, per usual. He is a 6'2, 218 pound quarterback out of Penn State, a sixth year senior. And unlike most of Green Bay's usual draft picks that are 21, 22, maybe 23 years of age, Sean Clifford will turn 25 in July. So he is not young. But remember, Green Bay's in a bit of an interesting situation where they need a backup quarterback right now. They'd probably prefer somebody with some experience, but they can't really afford anyone on the veteran free agent market. At least I don't think they want to necessarily go in that direction. So, with that in mind, they probably wanted a more experienced college quarterback who maybe could step in and be their backup quarterback right away. So, Only time will tell if Sean Clifford has the ability to do that, but that's probably part of their thinking and why they were willing to go with somebody who's a little bit overaged at the position. A little bit of background info. He was a two-time high school captain at his high school, one of the few people in high school history to be able to do that. In addition, he was a four-time captain at Penn State, one of the few to be able to do that as well. So this is somebody with great leadership traits and has basically been a captain for almost the entirety, what, six of the last seven years, I guess I'll say. So that is a impressive stat, just the fact that he was captain for six of the last seven years. And I'm sure that leadership trait and you know the ability for him to lead a team and be a team captain is something that Green Bay valued very much as they were potentially looking for somebody who could be a backup to Jordan Love. Statistically, he threw for over 10,000 yards in his career, 833 completions on 1,356 attempts, a 61.4% completion percentage, 10,661 yards, 86 touchdowns, 31 interceptions. He had 388 carries for over 1,000 yards, 1,073 yards, and 15 touchdowns in his career. And his best season was this past year in 2022, at least statistically, when he had 226 completions on 351 attempts, 64.4% completion percentage, 2,822 yards, 24 touchdowns, only 7 interceptions, and added 5 rushing touchdowns to that as well. So pretty good overall productivity in 2022. Athletically, he had a 9.04 RAS score. He did not do the bench press. Um, so that was the only thing that he didn't do. had a 46240 yard dash, which was in the 92nd percentile for quarterbacks, and a 6.843 cone, which tested in the 94th percentile for quarterbacks. So overall a very athletic quarterback, at least that's the way that he tested. His athletic comps, Mock Draftable did not have an athletic comp for him, but per RAS, his top three athletic comps were Deshaun Watson, CJ Beathard, and Mitch Trubisky. Talk about running the gamut a little bit there, but I think that you know, the overall athleticism that he has, the 4 you know, and and just some of the high-end testing, you could see Mitch Trubisky and Deshaun Watson certainly as some of those, you know, higher-end athletes at the position who weren't like 4 4 quarterbacks, but certainly, you know, had the athleticism needed to be able to run the football a little bit. So I think that's where you're sort of seeing those comps come in. So hopefully, uh, you know, maybe not quite the Mitch Trubisky or CJ Beathard, and hopefully at least the on-the-field version of Deshaun Watson, uh, not the other way around. Around. PFF uh, 2018, he had a 90.3 grade. Unfortunately, it was only in 30 snaps in 2018. In 2019, he had a 71.2 grade, 2020, he had a 65.3 grade, 2021, a 70.5 grade. And in 2022, he had an 81.3 grade, again, echoing the fact that he had his best season in 2022. All right, let's get into the full breakdown, my positives, my negatives, the things he needs to work on, the things he already does very well, and what he can potentially bring to the Packers. Again, these are my observations from watching the tape. we will start with the Positives. I do think that his maneuverability in the pocket and his ability to escape the pocket and just kind of that overall athleticism is something that is very, you know, uh, beneficial to him and something that I'm sure Green Bay valued as they were looking at somebody at that backup quarterback position. And this is something, quite honestly, that's just basically becoming almost a prerequisite to playing the quarterback position. And I get. We are still fresh off of the Peyton Mannings, the Tom Brady's, the Drew Brees's of the world where those quarterbacks did not need elite, you know, speed to get outside of the pocket and make plays with their feet. But we are getting more and more in the day and age where you need to have some legitimate mobility in order to play the position just because things are going to break down the pass rushers are getting even better pressure's coming from the interior more than it ever has before. And you just have the have to have the ability to either maneuver, like let's just even talk about Tom Brady for a second. He had elite maneuverability inside of the pocket. Obviously Peyton Manning had some of that as well, and, as did Drew Brees, but you've got to have something. And I think he has the ability, meaning Sean Clifford, to have that mobility both within the pocket and the ability to escape the pocket and keep plays alive, which again, is something that is incredibly important in today's NFL. And something, like I said, that is almost becoming a pre acquisition for the position. And overall, that speed and mobility treats him very well. Over a thousand yards rushing in his career, multiple rushing touchdowns. He had some high-end runs that he was able to, you know, um, have and have explosive plays on some read option plays that he was able to get down the field. So I would kind of put him in that like Ryan Tannehill-esque, you know, mobility. And maybe Tannehill was a little bit better, right, coming out with you know being a former wide receiver and those sort of things. But um, I kind of put him in that sort of realm, and not not too far off from like early Aaron Rodgers from a mobility standpoint either, when Rodgers. From came out. We all know he had that great running ability, would scramble, get outside of the pocket. Clifford has some of that same mobility, speed, and the ability, again, to get outside and escape the pocket when he needs to. Another thing that I really liked about him is he's not afraid to throw the ball away. And we'll get into more of his decision-making in just a moment, but you will see him you know, just live to see another down. And sometimes the best throw that you can make is one that you're just chucking it into the stands. And I think he improved upon that as his time went on with Penn State. And I think that's why you saw his interceptions drop this past season is because he has become a more mature player and knows when it's time to try to force a play, force a ball when he really has to. And in other times he's going to live to see another down. A punt's not the worst thing in the world, especially when you've got a good defense behind you. So um, if that's the case and you have the ability to maybe live to see that other down, Throw the ball away, no harm, no foul, and the defense will get you the ball back, and you have the opportunity to go, you know, and score again. Obviously, so I, I don't, I like the fact that he matured as, as his time went on at Penn State, and he, like I said, was not afraid to eat the ball and just you know throw it into the stands, throw it away, whatever he needed to do to live to see that other down. Uh, he showed he could beat the blitz with his arm and with his mobility, and this is something that I think is also grew as his time went on at Penn State, but. You know, earlier when he would get blitzed, he would just kind of run and escape the pocket. As time went on, you saw him beat the blitz with his mind and with his arm a little bit more. There were a couple of plays in particular where he, you could tell he saw double a gap blitz coming and he, you know, motioned out wide and it was, it's tough to tell with these college offenses because, you know, he's kind of looking to the side if it was something that a coach has caught. But I do think that Clifford had a pretty good understanding of when teams were blitzing and how to beat it. And there are a couple of plays where he was getting blitzed inside and he had a blitz beater called and he was able to get the ball out of his hands and beat that blitz with the play that either the play that was called or the play that he was checked to. Again, sometimes it's tough to tell on the tape, but overall, I love the fact that he was able to diagnose the blitz, get the ball out of his hands and beat a blitz with his arm. But there were other times too, where Pressure comes up the middle and he was just able to escape out of it and make a play down the field. Um, there have been a couple plays where guy comes off the edge and you know, the Aaron Rodgers move where you kind of dip forward and then kind of reverse back out and reverse around and, you know, get outside of the pocket. Sean Clifford had a couple of those plays on tape as well, where he was, you know, kind of ducked inside, rusher went inside, he backed up, escaped out of the pocket and again, made a play downfield. So has the ability to beat a blitz with both his arm and with his mobility. You will also see him make some pretty impressive off platform throws. I saw him fading away, make a couple of really impressive completions. You know, he'll drop his arm angle when he absolutely has to. So, this is also basically becoming a prerequisite to playing the quarterback position. Things are not going to be perfect, there is not going to be a clean pocket over and over. You're going to have to throw from some odd platforms, some odd angles. You're going to have to make plays on the run. You're going to have to escape pockets. Like you're just going to have to have that mobility and playmaking. And I saw Sean Clifford have some of that. You know, he he wasn't afraid to throw off platform, off angle, throw on the run, whatever he needed to do to complete passes. He could throw it to his left. He could throw it to his right, meaning like rolling left and rolling right. So I, I liked the fact that he could throw from different arm, arm angles and different platforms and it didn't have to be perfect in order for him to complete passes. He also really uh, likes the pump fake and he did it pretty well. Uh, there would definitely be times where double moves, he was able to pump fake, you know, corners and get plays down the field to wide receivers. There are other plays where he'll pump outside, pump down the field and then pump back outside, to, you know, to his check down or to his swing uh, player, whether it be a running back or a wide receiver. You know, he's not afraid to, to you know, pretend to let that ball rip and it, it can take, you know, corners and safeties off guard a little bit from time to time. So he's been pretty a puck, a, pretty effective with the pump fake and it's something that he uses uh, to his advantage when he when he does do it He also knows where his check downs are. He knows his offense well. And whether it's, you know, again, a a swing player to the side, whether it's a check down and, you know, tight end running back in the middle of the field, he knows where they are and he's not afraid to use them. Again, there have been multiple times where he's scanning downfield and the play is just not there. And, you know, all of a sudden pressure comes. And again, sometimes he'll use his legs, but he's not afraid to use those check downs either. So love the fact that he knows his offense, knows where those check downs are, and is not afraid to use them. The other thing that I like, especially with his mobility, is that there are a lot of quarterbacks that, you know, maybe they're going to make their read and then the read's not there and the pressure comes and he's going to take off running and it's just one read and run, or maybe one read, two read and run. With Clifford, when he's escaping, when he is, you know, whether it's, you know, dancing in the pocket to kind of keep the play alive or escaping outside of the pocket. He's consistently keeping his eyes downfield. That's one of the things that I really like. There was a play that I posted on Twitter where he's there's a bunch of chaos, everything's going on. He sort of escapes, you know, inside of the pocket a little bit. Is dancing around. Guys are flying through his, you know, through his uh, windows that he's trying to throw in. But he keeps his eyes downfield the entire time. And before taking a hit, he makes that throw down the field. And the, you know, had he not kept his eyes up, had he just, you know, dropped his eyes, watched the pass rush, and you know, or look to run. He went to made that play down the field. So I love the fact that when he is scrambling, when he is escaping the pocket, he consistently keeps his eyes down the field.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set.
2: He also seems to have a pretty good control of the line of scrimmage. And by all accounts, he seems like he, you know, is a, a fairly smart guy. And I think you could tell that he had a good grasp of his offense. Now he was a fifth year senior, but good grasp of the offense. It looked like he was legitimately making some checks at the line of scrimmage, had good control, had good leadership. And those are all things that are very important as you carry over, especially if you are going to be a potential backup quarterback and can get called on on any given play. If there's an injury ahead of you, you got to know the offense. You got to know everything that's going on. Like You got to be able to step in into some pretty crazy situations. And I think his control of the offense at Penn State... Um, You know, again, him being team captain for, you know, six of the last seven years in high school and college and just those sort of things. Again, it sounds like he's pretty smart. I think that's going to translate well as he goes to the NFL and tries to own and operate a new NFL offense and sort of gain ownership of that as well. So love the fact that he had that control at the line of scrimmage also had a pretty strong, you know, both upper body and lower body to, you know, slide off of potential sacks and break some tackles. And there were a lot of times where pressure got to him and he was just kind of able to like shake off the the sack. Either there was a couple on his upper body, a couple on his lower body. he was very slippery in that regard. So, again you, when you have the ability as a quarterback to potentially you know save yourself from a sack and actually be able to make a play on the field still because you had that ability to break that tackle or break that sack that is another really nice skill set to have and he showed that on multiple occasions He's also comfortable playing under center. Now you watch Penn State. They had a ton of shotgun spread concepts, some RPO stuff. There was a lot of that. And it was mostly that, but they did run some under center stuff and he looked totally comfortable doing it. So wasn't a, like wasn't something that they did a ton of. was certainly not their primary offense was him under center, but he did do it from time to time and looked totally comfortable doing so. Also really liked his toughness in the pocket. Uh, he would make some throws that took some business decisions and uh, ben Fennel always calls these job description throws. Part of your job description as a quarterback is to step up in the pocket and deliver a seed uh, to a wide receiver that's coming open down the field, even when you know you are going to get hit hard. And sometimes there's those linebackers or those defensive tackles, edges, whatever it is, creeping up on you, and you know the only window to make this completion is if you hold the ball a second longer and then rip the ball, knowing that that hit's going to hit you very, very hard. He had some of those on tape, and he bounced right back up and had that toughness and was willing to deliver those throws. And uh, like I said, didn't start dropping the eyes, didn't try to, you know, cower down from the hit. Like he took the hit, delivered the ball downfield, and you could see that he had a, a level of toughness to him. I did think that he worked through progressions. We're going to talk about more on this in just a second as well, but you did see him go from left to right or from read one to read two to read three. And he wasn't afraid to go through those progressions. And then again, knowing where his checkdowns were at the end. So you did see some progression based offense with Sean Clifford. He did run a RPO-based offense, and I do think that this is going to be something that translates over to what Matt LaFleur is going to want to do. I think we saw some similar concepts and some similar ideas at Penn State of what Matt LaFleur likes running in Green Bay, and I'm sure would build an offense sort of catered around Clifford and what he did at Penn State in the emergency situation if he did need to play this upcoming season for the Packers as a backup quarterback. I think there are some concepts that carry over and would, you know, would uh, help Clifford, quite a bit if all of a sudden he needed to play as a rookie or second year player in Matt LaFleur's offense. Love the experience. Again, you know, six year senior has played, um, you know, five years, four years as a starter and uh, four years as a team captain. So you love the experience. You love what he was able to do at a high end program and have, you know, build up some pretty good statistics and had a lot of wins at Penn State. And again, the leadership traits as well are something that certainly is very important to Green Bay. Those are the positives. Now, the interesting thing on Clifford is I, I have negatives here, what, probably four, six, eight. I probably have eight negatives here for Clifford. That's not that many. And it might seem like, how, how is there only, a, you had a lot of positives for, for Sean Clifford and only eight negatives? That seems That seems kind of crazy. The eight negatives though, there's a few in here that are like the important ones. And that's why it may not seem like there's as many as there are the positives, but the, the negatives here are some of the really important things that it takes to be a quarterback specifically in the NFL. The first one is decision-making. And yes, he was able to cut down his interceptions this past year. Yes, he's willing to throw the ball away and, uh, you know, live to see another down when needed. But there will also be plays where he just throws into coverage, either doesn't see a player or just makes a poor decision. And, you know, the 30-plus interceptions during this time at Penn State, that is something that's going to have to get cleaned up. And there are more opportunities for defenders on the table and in the NFL. They're going to jump those routes. They are going to make picks. They're going to end up being pick sixes. So he just needs to do a much better job of taking care of the football. And using some of the things that he learned and specifically this past season, throwing the ball away a little bit more, just being a little bit more cognizant of, especially now NFL defenders and not giving them the opportunity to get their hands on the ball and really change the game in the opposing team's favor. So decision-making definitely needs to improve. And right along with that is accuracy. And even when he's throwing completions, there's a lot of times where the receiver has to do a little bit extra or they're not being able to get the yards after the catch because Clifford is making them work a little bit more for the catch than probably what it should be. So, you know, we look at the completion percentage. You'd love to see that more 65, 66%, even higher, maybe, especially in an RPO based offense, he's more in the 62% range. And you just want to see a little bit, you know, better level of accuracy, especially even on the completions, just to make things easier on his wide receiver. So that is something that's ultimately going to have to improve as well you will see him double clutch at times. So there are a couple of plays on tapes. There there was uh, an interception here as well, where he like kind of like double clutches and then throws the ball anyway where he just needs to let that ball rip and that double clutch has cost him there was one play in particular that he double clutched it and it ended up being an interception so you can't have that if you're not sure don't throw it and if you are going to be if you are going to throw it you just need to grip it and rip it and not double clutch because that's just giving the defender more time to go and make a play so that's something that he's going to have to improve a little bit As I mentioned, he goes through progressions and you love to see that you love that he can go ABC or just kind of, you know, knowing what his offense wants out of a given play. However, that progression processing is a bit too slow. You need to see him go from A to B to C to D with a little bit more emphasis and a little bit more urgency because right now it's like, all right, is A going to come open? Nope. All right, let's go to B. Nope. B's not still co- Oh, there's pressure. I need to escape. You know, Or it's like, A, all right, B, maybe look back at A for a second, then go to C. Like, it just needs to be A, B, C, D, check down or run, whatever you need to do at that point. But it just needs to become a little bit more... Quick with the processing, reading pre-snap what the defense is trying to do, you know, having that all go through your mind as you're sort of processing the play and then getting quickly through those progressions based on what the defense is doing. So that needs to be sped up a little bit. Doesn't have the strongest arm in the world. It's not a bad arm. It's a it's a fine arm. It'll certainly play in the NFL, but he's not a guy that's just gonna grip it and rip it, and you're just gonna be wowed by his arm strength. But it's a good enough arm, no question about it. But it's not, it's not an elite arm, let's just put it that way. The ball does come a little bit out of his hands inconsistently. There are times where you will see him gripping and ripping, tight spiral right on target, and it looks great. There are other times where that thing's wobbling and fluttering, and it just doesn't look anywhere near what it does on some of the other plays. So just inconsistency on how the ball is coming out of his hands. He needs to throw with better anticipation and that's like 99% of college quarterbacks. So that's not necessarily just a Clifford thing, but uh, you would love to see him be able to get to his drop and before the receiver breaks, start throwing some of those balls rather than you know waiting for the receiver to break and then throw it. It's just in the NFL, defenders are going to rip that and, and, and pick that off and take it the other way. So um, uh, Jaron Hull, who was on the board at the time, had a couple of really, really great anticipation throws, including to the opposite hash. I thought that would have been maybe a, a different direction that Green Bay could have gone in there, but they like Clifford. And that's something that he's definitely going to have to work on is just throwing with a little bit more anticipation. And the last thing I'll say from a negative standpoint is outside of like a 4.640 speed, which is pretty nice and some good agility, there's no special trait with Sean Clifford. There's limited, I would say, overall upside with that. I don't think the you know he doesn't have a great arm. He doesn't have great size. He has really nice like mobility and speed, but we're not talking about like four four forty speed. Or we're not talking about Anthony Richardson speed or anything like that. It's like good, it's four six speed is good, but it's not like going to set him apart from like the elite of the elite when it comes to mobility or things like that, right? he doesn't have like insane processing. He doesn't have, you know, the ability to, you know, get through those progressions as quickly as possible. Like he has some turnover issues. Like it's not like he's this uh, tremendous, you know, guy that's never going to turn the ball over and just takes great care of the football like Aaron did. Like there's not one thing that you can look at and be like, all right, that's special. And that's something that you can really build on. Now, he does have the leadership traits. He does have sort of the intangibles that play very, very well. He has the experience, played at a big program. There's some things there that I think Green Bay sunk their teeth into and really liked about him, and I can understand it. But from like a high-end upside sort of play, I just don't think it's there. I think his high-end upside is probably as a you know NFL backup is, is probably the best that it's probably going to get. You never quite know. Things have been shocking before. I don't think anyone saw Brock Purdy coming a season ago. So you never quite know, but I don't necessarily see those special traits on tape for Sean Clifford. As far as what he can bring to Green Bay, that he's gonna compete for the backup spot right away. That's sort of by default, but I think he can compete for a backup spot in the NFL. He's going to be a cheap option with a lot of college experience. So they kind of got like their experienced quarterback in a roundabout way, just at the college level, you know, six year senior, uh, a lot of snaps played, a lot of yards at Penn State without having to break the bank for a veteran QB. I think he's going to be someone that has run some of the same concepts and systems as Matt LaFleur likes to run. And hopefully that helps him in Green Bay. And he's, let's just be real, probably a potential fall guy if Jordan Love were to get hurt. I've mentioned in the past, but if you bring in a Matt Ryan or a a Carson Wentz, someone like that, they might win a few games in those situations with this team. And I think if Jordan Love goes down, that's not necessarily what you're looking for. You might just be looking for, all right, let's see what this Sean Clifford guy has, but If we lose the rest of our games because Jordan Love's out for the remainder of the year, it's not the worst thing in the world. Let's just go out and get the highest draft pick possible. So if they do only go with Sean Clifford as the backup, he might ultimately be the guy that kind of has to fall on the sword and take a fall on a season that probably is going to be a little bit lost because Jordan Love ultimately got hurt. My final thoughts on Sean Clifford. I know a lot of people were upset that Green Bay picked him in the fifth round and a lot of people, and I talked to Tony Pauline about this and, you know, were, we're very convinced that had Green Bay not taken him in the fifth round, he would not have been drafted at all. I don't think it's crazy that Green Bay had a draftable grade on Sean Clifford. I really don't. And I would totally understand a seventh round grade and wouldn't even necessarily disagree with it. Like I I would, I could put a seventh round grade on Sean Clifford and have no problem with that whatsoever. I think he's definitely within that realm. I think the idea that he's just this terrible undrafted guy that had no right to be drafted or anything like that. I think that's a little bit of groupthink, and based on some of the struggles he did have at times at Penn State, I think if you just look at some of the upside that he has—the mobility, the agility—you know, pretty decent ball that he throws more often than not. Like, I, th- I think the the leadership traits—I I think there's enough there that you can put a draftable grade on him. That said, I do very much you know agree that a fifth round pick was aggressive at at best. Like, here's the thing, and. By all means, if they had a fifth round grade on him or whatever, and they felt they really wanted him at that spot, go get your guy. It's not the end of the world. I I personally am, again, more of like, a I'm, I'm probably more lenient here, and I'm still saying, like, I think a seventh round grade would have made sense. And here's the other thing. If somebody else did like Sean Clifford, and we we might say, and everyone might say, hey, Nobody else was going to draft Sean Clifford. Nobody thought Green Bay was going to draft Sean Clifford. So if it all it takes is one more team, like just if one more team likes him and is willing to spend a sixth round pick on him, then Green Bay loses their guy. Or maybe even in early seventh before Green Bay's seventh round picks came up, Green Bay loses their guy. and Now they're without a, a quarterback in the draft. So I can semi understand it. I think they reached at in the fifth round. And the one thing I will say is, what what? So what if they missed on him? I don't think it's the end of the world if they missed on Sean Clifford. Like figure out something else, go in a different direction, work with an XFL guy. It probably doesn't matter all that much. That's why I probably would have went with a different position in the fifth round, or it even a Jaron Hall if they were going to go quarterback. But I do, you know, f- fight back a little bit at the idea that this was not a draftable quarterback. And that it was just a total, you know, not even a priority free agent, just a guy that was just a total. I don't see it that way. I think a seventh round grade would have been totally fine on Sean Clifford, but I just think Green Bay overdrafted him just a little bit. I am very much intrigued to see how he performs at OTAs, mini camps, and uh, ultimately training camp and in the preseason. I, I do think there's a little bit of something there that he hasn't totally gotten credit for. I saw a little bit of Kirk Cousins in him, just, just a little bit, just a little Kirk Cousins in him from time to time. And maybe... He, Maybe just maybe like Kirk Cousins as a day three pick was a fourth round pick. Uh, maybe Sean Clifford can have a similar sort of big 10 to NFL. Everyone was expecting RG3 to be the guy and it ended up being Cousins was ended you know ultimately better than him. You know, I'm not saying that that's going to happen with Clifford and Love or anything like that, but you never quite know how these things are going to work out. And I am very intrigued to see how he handles the remainder of the offseason and if he can actually win the number two quarterback job. That's going to do it for me today. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll be right back here tomorrow with an all new episode, but until next time, and as always, go go.